0: and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the show where you get expert advice about heavy-duty parts that keeps trucks and trailers on the road longer while lowering cost per month. We've all seen the trends in the commercial trucking industry towards electrification. If you're a company that is manufacturing components for internal combustion engines, diesel engines, you need to diversify and you need to look for opportunities to be able to change your product mix so that you can be part of this trend towards electrification. And that's what my guest and their company has actually done. So I'd like to introduce Dave German. He's the sales director at Road Warrior, and Dave is a returning guest. Dave, welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. So glad to have you back.
1: Great, thanks, Jamie. Thanks for uh, having me back again. Pleasure to be here.
0: So let's talk a little bit about uh, electrification. You know, you are, you and your company at Road Warrior, you see this trend. What is it that you see exactly that's happening, specifically related to products that you're manufacturing?
1: Yes, specifically related to the uh, lightly volt battery that we developed, uh, obviously there's a lot of anti-idling laws that were out there. So there's a lot of uh, APUs, uh, auxiliary power units, that were initially diesel powered to avoid idling the main engine. But in order to reduce uh, greenhouse gases and emission standards, uh, there was a, a move towards electric APUs. So the uh, you know, EAPU, uh, so it'd run on, on batteries and not even have it. So when you're shutting down the truck, there'd be no idling at all in certain states like California prohibited idling together, whether it was a small diesel APU or the main engine. So the electric APU became uh, the, the the standard in, in, in many of the uh, trucks that were spec out. Um, so it was the right technology just paired with the wrong battery. So we saw uh, the need, uh, and obviously with electrification, we saw the need to develop a, a specific product here to uh, solve a problem. Uh, people made the investments, the electric APU, but they weren't getting uh, the the power capacity to run the HVAC and accessories uh, for the complete night, and the the drivers had to end up idling, which was defeating the purpose.
0: Right, and and you know when you talk about the trend towards electrification, I think a lot of people they just go right to either it's an internal combustion engine or it's a electric or or some um, hybrid kind of system, And, and you don't think about all the other aspects of electrification. Like there's electrification of axles, like you said, there's the electrification of of the APUs. So to me, and 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 I, I guess I'm curious your perspective on this. But to me, I just don't see us flipping a switch. I I see the industry moving in kind of like steps and and phases to get to a let's call it a zero emission world. Is that really what you're seeing as well from your perspective?
1: Oh, for sure. Being in manufacturing, uh, just you can't start manufacturing all this capacity and just flick a switch, and all of a sudden you're going to get these millions of passenger cars or hundreds of thousands of of heavy-duty trucks, it takes time to develop that infrastructure. Not only from switching the manufacturing capabilities and capacity, but also the supply chain has to adopt with that. And also, you know, where what somebody nobody's really talking about. Where are we going to get all this power? Even though you plug it in the wall, it seems clean, but where is that power that you're getting out of your outlet coming from? And I think that's something that really hasn't been addressed. So I think it's going to take some time to, you know, we're already getting brownouts and things of that nature. So I think we we will get there. There's a lot of uh, you know innovation uh, a, lot, a lot of smart people and and people Joe you know, trying to, to better uh, better the uh, the world for everybody and, and do the right things but it, it will take time and then I think we will get there
0: yeah that that's what I see as well and I think uh, to a large degree, I think that 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 those intervals and that iteration of technology and in many ways it's a good thing because it gives us an opportunity to adapt uh, it gives us an opportunity to test different ideas and see which one works the best. Um, with all this change, it presents both challenges and opportunities. And really, I think that's what you've capitalized on with this new technology. So when we get back in our next segment with you, Dave, we're going to talk specifically about the products you've developed. And I'm really looking forward to learning more. So we'll be back very shortly. Don't have a heavy duty part number and need to look up a part? Go to parts.diesellaptops.com. Or download the app on Apple or Android to create your free account. Looking for high quality fuel injection for heavy-duty applications? Having one supplier for fuel injection allows you to better serve customers by providing them with a complete line which increases your sales and profitability. Learn more at AmbacInternational.com/slash aftermarket. So Dave, we're we're back in our second segment with you. And uh, you know, we were talking about the trends towards electrification. And we kind of ended on the note that with all of this change, there's both challenges and opportunities. Road Warrior saw an opportunity. So can you describe for us the product that you've developed and, and really what the, the genesis of that product was?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Road Warrior prides itself as, as being an innovating uh, company as part of the Diesel Technology Group. So we were the first in the aftermarket to offer catalysts and DPFs uh, in the marketplace as, as an alternative for our customers. And now with electrification, like we talked about, we want to uh, uh, dip our toe in the water, uh, for for lack of a better word. So we we looked at opportunities, and we since we're we're really focused on the on serving the uh, heavy duty uh, trucking industry, we saw the electric APUs as a, as an electrification movement uh, that that we can assist in because the electric APUs are designed to power the sleeper cabs. They'll so have to idle the main engine. However, the um, traditional lead acid or AGM batteries that are provided with the electric APU don't have enough capacity to to run uh, the power needs of the HVAC system and the accessories all night. So really the, the system is, 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 was not being utilized because it was paired with the wrong battery. So we, uh, to the best of my knowledge, are uh, not only the first but the only manufacturer to specifically design and engineer a lithium ion battery, our lightning Volt, to be a, a drop in plug and play replacement for uh, electric APU storage batteries.
0: Okay, so in those uh, those early model electric APUs, they were just using like a group thirty one starting battery, kind of the same one you would find in a bank of four uh, on the class eight truck, or or what was the battery? That's still that what was they're getting the-
1: today. There there is a trend to starting to get. We're starting to see some uh, options for lithiums, but there's a lot of uh, legacy AP electric APUs out there, and they're still today being installed. With the only option is. Uh, Like I said, traditional lead acid or deep cycle AGM battery, which you would be, which is which is perfect for a starting battery, but not ideal for a storage battery.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I was just thinking about when I sold batteries, like like draining down those batteries, those starting batteries down to nothing, and then having to charge them back up. That over time, that's what leads to those batteries just not being able to hold a charge and provide you the power that you want. So yeah, just a a situation of like evolving technology, and there's a lag in in uh people moving forward with batteries so that that's great that you took advantage of that so what's the big difference between uh lead acid and agm batteries and and lithium
1: uh the big just as you mentioned the uh the lead acids and agms don't like to be uh deeply discharged over and over as you do that you you lose capacity and further to that the system is is controlled by voltage so you know a fresh battery it's fully charged is above 13 volts about 13.2 and as a lead acid or AGM battery starts to lose its state of charge, it, it kind of goes down at uh, a diagonal. And when it's about 50% capacity, voltage is between, say, 12.6 to 12.4 volts and, and, and around there. And the system to protect itself will start to load shed it and maybe auto start the truck. So really, you've only used about half of that 100 amp uh, capacity, and already you're starting your truck. So it kind of defeated the purpose. The nice thing about lithium technology, it stays above 13.2 volts. Until it's only almost ninety five percent discharge, so now you're getting twice the usable power. You're using that, that almost that total hundred amp hours. So that, that's the big difference. You're, you're essentially getting twice the power, uh, and, and it'll last um, much longer, like up to ten right. times longer than your your lead because it doesn't it can handle that that deep, deep cycle discharge without without hurting the lithiums.
0: When are you recharging these batteries? Is it when the truck is started, and then th- as they're 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 driving down the highway? Some of that charge is uh, from the alternator is being sent back to that those batteries, or how does that work?
1: Yeah, correctly, the system's designed that they have they're their equipped sometimes with an isolator, uh, with or without an isolator, to kind of combine the, both battery banks and separate them. So um, what we what we did is we specifically designed and engineered the battery management system to work with the existing le- electronics, so we can it'll work with the factory installed alternator has has enough power to supply the, to the lithiums and the uh, the AGMs they work in conjunction and in, in, in uh, together with them seamlessly. And that battery management system, like I said, when you take an off, the, what we've done differently when you take an off-the-shelf lithium, the battery management system it won't be calibrated to work as a plug-and-play and drop-in. So this is this is where you know what what has done differently. We've designed it as a, a drop-in, plug-and-play install to work with the existing electronics and uh, alternator system.
0: You know, being the first to market with something is always bold. What has made this? kind of a hard problem for others to solve like why is that challenging and and how were you able to solve the, those challenges
1: I think in taking the time to test it uh, so it's it's easy to think about something we have to test and, and it's proof of concept so we, we've been working on this for a number of years we, we approached some some customers of fleets that have been great and allowed us to to, to uh, access to the trucks to test them it's that kind of first second third fourth generation to make that investment and, and they kind of tweak those those uh, those settings and, and engineering that battery management system to work seamlessly with, because the electronics on the truck is very sophisticated today, so you mm-hmm. can't just you know drop in anything and assume it's going to work. So if you take, uh, uh, you're going to have uh, interruptions and, and, and things happening or, or not communicating properly or charging properly, things of that nature. So we've, we've kind of uh, had a learning curve. We've done a lot of uh, sort of in-lab testing and then real-world testing, working with a, a variety of fleets that we, we were very happy to cooperate with, and we appreciated their support.
0: Yeah, it's so essential to get that real world testing done so that you can really see what it, what it's going to do. And, and that gives you the opportunity to talk about economic impact. So when someone is using like a lead acid or an AGM battery and they're running those batteries down and those batteries die, I mean, obviously the replacement cost of those batteries is going to be what it is. And, and it can be a few hundred dollars up until over a thousand dollars. When you put these ones in, I'm assuming maybe the purchase price might be a little higher, but on the back end, the person's going to save a lot of money because they're not going to have to replace the batteries as often. Is that the primary source of savings when you look at a little bit longer timeline?
1: Actually, it's it's twofold. It's it's aids it, the replacement. So yeah, I'd say the traditional lead acid AGMs have to replace every 1 to 2 years. The lithiums will last uh, you know, uh, many times longer than that, so the replacement intervals will be lower. But further to that, it's because you're getting twice the usable power. You're gonna get a return on investment on fuel savings alone. So we had one fleet who says, Oh, we have an electric APU. My 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 driver does it does an idle. And we said, Well, let's let's we're gonna we're gonna put a logging system on there. And let's let's we'll let him know he has lithiums and see what happens. And when talked talk to the driver, he had what we call battery anxiety. He knew that he didn't have power to run them. So what he would do, he would be running the truck for four to six hours every day because he knew he would make it. And then he would just turn on his electric APU, maybe to make tonight to run his, his heating and cooling. So he was defeating the purpose. We told him, we got the lithiums, now run them. And then what we found was they saved uh, about 800 hours of idling in just about three to four months. So that's right there at today's fuel prices. That's over $3,000. So you'll get a return on investment in this scenario in less than three months, which is crazy. It's, it's, yeah. It becomes a no brainer.
0: Oh, that, that's so great because many times, you know, when I was selling parts, I'm trying to convince fleets like, you know, spend three times as much on spring breaks or on brake material. Spend three times as much up front, and over four years you'll get the money back. And they're like, you know, it's almost like it was such a long interval. It was Long-time. hard, yeah, hard. And, and it's not that the numbers weren't real, but it's kind of hard to like, you know, you don't get that immediate payoff, right? But with this, that that immediate payoff, that that's fantastic. And then on the on the long term, they get the additional savings of not having to replace those batteries as often. Which also, it's not just the replacement cost, as we all know, they also have to pay somebody to switch them out.
1: Oh, 100%. So like I said, not only is it a replacement, but it's the fuel savings. And then it's what we're trying to do. It's environmental, reducing greenhouse gases, not, not to mention the wear and tear on the engine, the, the amount of hours that you're running. The after-treatment system doesn't like idling. There's a whole bunch of things that that, that, that the ROI is, is comes from a, a lot of places, not just not just one thing. you are saying just the replacement cost. You're getting right. benefits in, in many different areas. And you know we didn't time the, the price of fuel to be right. So us entering the market when the pre- fuel prices are skyrocketing, it was almost uh became a lot where well, the ROI was was a lot uh, you know easier to 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 justify or the payback was a lot shorter than you would typically see when
0: fuel prices were lower right well you have to be good to be lucky and lucky to be good and you guys are good and lucky so that's awesome you know your expertise it, when you were on the show before we were always talking about diesel emission systems and engines let's talk a little bit about that because i think that there is some misunderstanding or maybe some leftover bad not bad habits leftover old habits from some of the older technology with engines like as far as what i've been learning lately these new engines they don't like to idle and certainly the diesel emission system doesn't like idling so uh, let's talk a little bit about that because that that's also a significant part of all of this if we could reduce idling it does impact the engine and the diesel emission system and as we all know that's a pretty costly system to maintain and repair
1: for sure that's why it was is a perfect fit not only does it bode well for the savings but the, the wear and tear on the engine and because we saw after-treatment system, uh, DPFs and, and SCRs and the after-treatment system as a whole doesn't like idling. When you're idling, you're just loading and, and straining the system and, and reducing uh, the shelf life and, and, and increasing the maintenance intervals of that system. If not, you're damaging it altogether. So uh, anything over, even from a warranty perspective, OEMs, anything over 20% idle can be considered excessive idling and it can actually even deny you warranty. I've been at a few wow. seminars where um, some manufacturers said if you're if we go into your ECM, you see you've been idling over 20. percent They, they give them grounds for denial due, uh, due to excessive idling. So uh, these are the types of things that that, that uh, you know truck owners and, and fleet operators have to be aware of. That that you know uh, idling is not only bad for the environment, it's it's bad for your pocketbook and the, the overall you know maintenance costs and cost per mile for to running that keeping that truck on
0: the road. Right. And and if by using this new battery system with your EAPU, and then if you could even eliminate like one DPF cleaning a year or something like that, like that's also money in the bank. So like no matter how you look at it, this is good, 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 good.
1: Oh, that's what I mean. It's so it's such hard. It'd be so hard to put a number on the maintenance costs of the wear and tear side of things that that'd be very hard to quantify. Uh, so those are definitely Ah, uh, benefits that you don't have to explain to any uh, me- uh, mechanic or service manager that idling is bad for your engine. So anytime you can reduce idling, people's eyes will perk up. If I can reduce idling, I'm saving money. I'm saving. Uh, I'm saving fuel. Uh, it's better for the environment, and it's gonna and it's gonna reduce my my maintenance intervals. So it's that 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 becomes a a much bigger conversation, uh, and and that's why. Uh, and not to mention the batteries are half the weight as well. So they're they're lighter. So there's a lot of added benefits that, that you get. So uh even reducing weight on a truck, people always want to put weight up weight to carry freight, not 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 towards the vehicle. So that, that's a, another smaller benefit as well. They're half the weight of the, the lead acids too.
0: So you can literally be a superhero by buying these batteries because you can save the environment, you can lower idling costs and wear and tear, you can reduce the uh, fuel consumption. You can decrease the weight on the truck. And then on top of that, you can get better performance out of your batteries for the driver. So your driver satisfaction is going to go up. So be a superhero. Head over to roadwarrior-inc.com and uh, check out their new products. And they've got distributors and they've got a great platform for you to be able to buy their product. So thank you, Dave, so much for coming on the show and sharing with us this exciting new product. I think it's awesome. Uh, really excited to see how you guys do in the marketplace with it. I think you're going to be really successful.
1: Yeah, thanks again for having me back, and I'm looking forward to maybe uh talking talking to you again down the road when we uh, have something else that uh, you know need drives innovation. So that's what that's what we're here here to do to to try to help solve problems and, uh, and give uh, solutions to uh, to our customers in the marketplace.